0: Welcome to a very special episode of SwiftCast. That clip you just heard was from 2011 when Taylor invited Jimmy E. World to perform one of her favorite songs, The Middle, on the Speak Now tour. And one of the things that I think we all love about Taylor is how she stays loyal to the things and the people and artists she's a fan of. She always has. and. Now, five years later, she just debuted her latest Apple Music commercial, where she rocks out to that same exact song, and we're very excited because joining us now is Jimmy A World's lead singer, Jim Atkins.
1: Hello. Hello. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for joining.
2: Yeah, thanks for inviting me on.
0: I think we all just loved the commercial so much, and it reminded us of just, how quickly five years had gone by since that performance, and thought it was so cool that Taylor has stayed a fan of you in that way.
2: Yeah, it was kind of a shock actually, when um, when it came in. We had we had a heads up that it might happen, but you know I've learned not to really get too not to start spending that imaginary lottery money like, in advance, <laughs> so to speak. You know, it's kind of like, well, oh, that'd be awesome. I'll believe it when it happens. And then all of a sudden it actually happened. It was it was kind of mind blowing.
0: So what was that like when you first found out it was going to happen? Was it Taylor that reached out or did you just hear from Apple?
2: Yeah, well, you know, our our management company pitched it to us, said that, you know, there's been a request from Apple to use the middle in um uh, a commercial. And we're all like, Go on. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, it's gonna be, you know, like a vignette into someone's life about, like, you know, using the the software, and oh yeah, the person is gonna be Taylor Swift.
3: <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> go on.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a uh, so I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, what else? All right, cool. I mean, I don't know what else you do. That's crazy.
1: Well, did you have like a hand uh, in the commercial at all? Like, did you, were you able to like pitch any ideas with?
2: No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I'm 99% sure that anything Taylor does is anything you see her do is kind of something that she has a plan built around and is, you know, that, I, I'm, I'm 99% positive that that came from her and her camp, mm-hmm. the entire idea for everything.
3: Mm-hmm
1: that's pretty much about how we figured it out too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. I think Taylor pretty much has a you know, 99% stake in most things she does.
2: Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. I'm sure you guys have probably covered it in earlier podcasts, but in 2011 when she invited me to come play, like her dad took me around and showed the showed me the operation. It was just insane.
1: Oh, that's cool. Scott took you around to give you a little personal tour.
2: Yeah, he's, he's like super proud, you know. Just like, hey, check this out, and then we did this, and then we have this, and yeah, we're we're own, you know, we're our own bus company, and you know, we have Metallica's road crew with us. and, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, oh wow, you guys are not messing around, <laughs> not one bit.
0: Well, what was that call like back in two thousand eleven Was that personally from Taylor?
2: Uh, n- n- no, it was like sh- she. She kind of reached out to, she had her people reach out to my people and and then pitch it to me. And then it was like, okay. I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah.
0: Well, I know she's been a fan of you since she was a teenager. Even when she was like 17, 18, you guys were on her music video playlist that she would talk about. And it's been, it was a long time coming, I think.
2: Right. Yeah. No, it's unexpected. You know, I mean, I knew that she was a fan, but. You know, I didn't expect her to ask me to come. You know, sit in with her, which was rad.
0: And was the experience what you expected coming out to her arena crowd stage?
2: Uh, yeah, it was. (laughs) 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 I don't know. It's uh, we don't we don't do enough of like the really crazy like arena type gigs to be ever really comfortable with that, and we certainly don't do gags like. Um, when when we do play them it's kind of like it's a, as a support slot, and we certainly don't do like the you know rising from the floor type of, <laughs> type of gags so that that was odd
0: with smoke and lights and pyrotechnics
2: yeah yeah that that was def that was different for sure, but I mean it was fun. it was certainly a, a wild ride
0: and I know that ever since the Apple commercial came out. You know, the middle has climbed the charts back again. Did you have that same experience in 2011 too, where you sort of were able to reach a new audience through Taylor?
2: You know, I don't know if that. No, I don't think so. I mean, like locally, I instantly had cred with like all the all the kids on my neighborhood. You know. <laughs> oh man! No. But, you know, Mister Ad Mr. Adkins is cool. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was like yeah. Before that, it was kind of like oh yeah. It's, He plays in a band, you know, and now it's like,
1: oh, Mr. Atkins is cool. (laughs) Oh, that can't be true at all. No way.
2: So there was that. But I mean, I don't know. The newest thing is definitely kind of a more insane reach than sitting in with her.
1: I think within 24 hours, the song was up well into the 50s on iTunes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't have I don't I don't know if I'm able to access the, the actual data of what kind of you know, what hard numbers like that kind of tr- just that exposure alone translated into, but I know it took a, um, all of a sudden it was on hot tracks, which I guess has to be mean that your your track is hot. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I mean, the record is 16 years old, so it's kind of not, it wasn't so hot like the day before, <laughs> you know, you can point a finger and say, Oh, that happened. Yes.
1: Well, you know, for someone like myself, you know, I love the song. You know, because I was very young, you know, when it came out. But you know, I, I love the song my entire life. To get to hear it again in a different medium, uh, you know, as uh, in this commercial, I don't know. It's really refreshing. It was awesome to hear it again, and, and it was almost like um, not really nostalgic, I guess, but uh, it was it was great to revisit let me put it that way.
2: It's it's you know it's it's really flattering. It's it's kind of it's kind of an overwhelming thing to take in to take in that this after this long that people would still find something that that we do you know that speaks to them and still relatable and you know this is this is the most flattering thing ever i think for a musician and what did you think about the final product the actual commercial that was released it was it was a trip man <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was Like, right? what's <laughs> happening here <laughs> what what is happening yeah. <laughs> what is this
0: yeah, I was pretty taken by surprise because, you know, she released the first one, which was her treadmill, falling off the treadmill, which went pretty viral. And then we didn't know if there were going to be more, or if it was just one. And a couple weeks went by and it was early in the morning, I remember, and I was like half asleep. And I see this tweet from Taylor and I was like, wait, what? And I saw it and I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's super cool. Yeah, we're all We're all like, you know. We're all pretty, like, kind of. I don't know. It's it's an odd sensation, for sure. Because you know, she's like <sighs> arguably the biggest pop star in the world. You know, like uh, that's a pretty solid argument to make. And it's like she's you know waving our flag pretty high. It's, it's 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 a it's a surreal kind of experience.
0: Well, for me, it was really cool because I've been a fan of you since. I was a teen, and not just with the radio singles, but really diving into a lot of your albums. And I was also an avid watcher of One Tree Hill.
2: Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you guys were so well integrated into that show, so I was sort of wondering what that experience was like and how that boosted your popularity over the years.
2: You know, that was really cool. Um, I I, I don't know. It it, it, It just, like, that was another kind of surreal experience. I think, like, being in a TV show is just not kind of, it's not, it's not my, it doesn't fit in with myself, but the, my like overall perception of myself as being like dude in a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, and then maybe like having our music there and being kind of like a big part of that, of uh, that episode. Like it is, it was, it's was, it was just all pretty wild, you know?
0: And not only that episode, but they played your songs in multiple seasons throughout the show and even named some of the episodes after your song. So they really yeah. made you guys a big part of the show.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, that was, again, it's a, it's a really flattering. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how else to take it other than it's just like a crazy, flattering, surreal experience, you know, cause like I, on our side of the thing, the thing of music, it's like, you know, we have our process of what we'd like to hear and how we like to challenge ourselves in making music and writing, writing music and, recording and that's kind of our world and then we know how to take that and and perform it and you know play it for people and travel around and do that and that's our world too and things that opportunities that come up that we say yes to that are outside of our world are always like a really you grow from them for sure but it's scary at the same time so like opportunities like coming to play on you know and and be filmed that's going to be in a you know an episode of Wintry Hills is, is, is like one of those one of those kind of scary growth moments that you you just kind of barrel through and try to try to enjoy it, but it's also like pretty frightening.
0: And so would you describe yourself, just for people who might not be as familiar with some of your other stuff, in a particular genre or style?
2: I you know, for people that had never heard of our band before, I would describe us as a guitar based melodic rock band. Yeah, I think that's accurate. That's that'd be the most general way to, you know, like at a family reunion like an aunt who's like, "Oh, that's great you play in a band. What do you sound like?" Oh, no. <laughs> that's what I would say. We're a guitar-based melodic rock band.
0: And so, right now you're kind of in a transitional phase between albums. What's a typical day like for you and are you still writing?
2: You never clock out of this
1: gig. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. That's cool.
2: You never clock out of this gig. Yeah. There's always something that you can be doing always, you know, I think, I mean, and, and what we, you know, with, with our, with our, uh, with our group, it's, it's kind of no exception. I mean, we have our own space here in Arizona that we have as a rehearsal studio. Um, we've actually made records there before. So it's, it's kind of, I guess it's more than a rehearsal studio, but you know, we're working all the time, whether it's like, jamming out ideas or writing songs or recording, it's kind of all one big nebulous thing. And then sometimes we put out an album.
4: So you guys have had such a long, successful career. And I wanted to know, when you're working on songs like Sweetness, The Middle, or Hear You Me, some of those songs that got really big, uh, what was the process like for creating those songs? And did you have a sense that they would become such hits that they were?
2: No, I, I, I don't think you I guess kind of like to tie it in with where I was trying to ramble and, and take land the plane earlier is that, (laughs) you know, outside of our world, like we really don't know what, what's going to happen to any of this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the best way to approach it is just to try to be honest with what you like to hear and what you're trying to, what the goals are for your song and, and and anything beyond that is really just, it's not up to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if you can get, that initial point of feeling like uh, I guess that reward from, from pushing yourself and uh, creating something in an honest way that like you, you know, then, then you feel like you can win. You know, it doesn't really matter what the reaction is or what the take is from anybody else, because like, you know that you've done something that you wanted to do. So with sweetness or hear you, me or any song from any album, That's the criteria on what we base a successful finished song out of. It's like whether or not we're feeling excited about it, whether or not we feel like we've created the best type, the best song for what we feel the song wants to be. Awesome. Very cool.
0: And how would you say that your voice or maybe, I guess the way you write songs has changed over the years or has it changed?
3: Hmm.
2: I don't know. I mean, there's definitely things that happen, like just as you get older, life happens. Life kind of happens. There's that, uh, you know. I, and also, it's like I'm not. I think when you're younger, you just kind of blurt out whatever happens, and it's sometimes like a, it's some sort of. Sometimes it's a visceral revelation uh, that you just kind of have. That you just sort of capture. Uh, and I think like the more often you get a chance to write and you multiply that with just getting older and having more life experience. I think you kind of look at it from different ways and, uh, you sort of approach it in different ways because there's no rules to any of this, you know, like,
3: <laughs> <Absolutely>, <laughs> you can, <right. laughs>
2: you know, which is sort of like, it's, it's, it's liberating, but it's also terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I think like over time, like I've, I've tried to write, you know, wherever you look, you're always going to find yourself. Mm -hmm. But so the trick is, I think, to find new ways, new, new, new ways, new places to look. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, speaking of the difficulties of songwriting, I mean, um, was there any particular song that you thought was maybe the hardest to write or, or took the longest or, you know, anything like that?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. songs come together in any number of ways, you know, I think like, it could be two hours mm-hmm. and you're done all lyrics, full arrangement, everything about it. It's just done. And then there's other songs. that's like pulling teeth for years.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> ah. Uh, yeah. That's so interesting. That's so interesting to hear that. I don't know. And not that we hear that often, but you know, when you hear these things, it just makes you wonder, what, you know, I think that's what people are most fascinated about when they ask people about their songwriting process just like what goes on in a songwriter's head almost like, like it, it's just interesting to me. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Cause it, it, you're sort of chasing this nebulous thing, you know, like mm-hmm. at, at, on one hand you there's, there's something you want to get at, but on the other hand, you're by, by confining it, you're also limiting what you can come up with. Uh, and, I, and, and by that, I mean, you might be shooting for a specific thing that you want to say, but While you're chasing that specific thing, you get new ideas.
1: Oh, something else entirely.
2: Yeah, that send you off another path entirely. I mean, that happens all the time. So what you, but is that, does that make it a less successful venture? No.
3: Hmm.
2: You know, I mean, so like there's all sorts of like like crazy twists and turns you might run into when you're, um, when you're really in there and asking yourself questions.
0: And I, I was kind of wondering because you recently did a string of solo shows. How that's different for you versus playing with the band, and if you had any plans to do more solo shows in the future.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it was, it was very different from the band because it's like the, when we work with the band, like. It, Songs originate in any number of different ways, and there's there's no rules to that. Sometimes I come up with something. Sometimes it just begins with a riff, and, you know, somebody else kind of contributes, and it just builds from there. But doing the solo series that I did, it was just, you know, I'm the beginning and the end of it. It was like all that, I got to it's, – it's on me, you know. Uh, when you're playing with other people, like, you're always – you're responding to things that you hear – and that informs your next, like, choice of wh- what you play.
0: Yeah, and it's like a collaborative effort.
2: Right. And then when it's just you, you're responsible for generating and directing all of that. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's a completely different mindset. And it was, it was, it was fascinating to, to try. And I would definitely do more of it in the future, just at the right time.
0: Do you have plans to announce any more tour dates anytime soon or is it kind of more of a break for you guys?
2: Uh we have a handful of things kind of in the works. Right now, we're going to play we're going to play in Temecula on May 21st at some at some crazy festival thing.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That looks really awesome. <laughs>
2: It's one of the weirder gigs I think we've been pitched, like a hot air balloon festival. (laughs) Why not?
3: Why not? We've done everything else, you know, why not?
2: And yeah, I I, I, I don't really know what what is going to be happening soon, but more music will definitely be part of it.
0: And do you have any, I guess, dream collaborations or people that, you know, you've always wanted to work with or that you want to write with in the future?
2: Uh, man. You know, I've done some collaborative type, uh, like writing sessions and it's, I, I don't do a lot of it, but what I have done, it's really fun. And it's, fa- it's fascinating when you see, when you get to, you know, intimate knowledge of what other persons, what someone else's process is like, cause everyone, everyone comes at this in a different way. And it's, it, I'm, I'm just fascinated by the, by the process of it. Um, no, I don't know. I, I, I jam out with just about anybody.
0: If you could put together like your dream tour lineup, who would be on tour with you?
1: Uh, there we go. <laughs> oh man,
0: I'm always so fascinated by people's answers because it always surprises me.
1: Uh
2: let's see. I think it'd be fun to tour with the Killers.
0: Oh, that would be
3: awesome.
1: Oh, that would be
3: cool. Oh, they're awesome.
2: I think that'd be a good match. I don't know what they're doing. Here's here's my here's my shameless pitch to the Killers to go on tour.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they <Right. laughs> will
2: make it happen. <laughs> Dudes, let's do this.
0: <laughs> we'll tweet them when the interview comes out.
2: Right, right. Um, no, no, no. I don't mean, know. You know, it's <laughs> Yeah. I don't know.
0: Well, on another note, let's say hypothetically one day you and Taylor sat down in a writing session together. What kind of song do you guys think you could come up with?
2: Oh man. That would be I would love to try writing with her. I think that'd be fascinating. Um, I I don't even know, man. Like, I guess that sort of depends on a lot of different things, what it would sound like or what it would be.
0: Well, we kind of have a theory that just based on stuff she said and done recently that her next album might have sort of a rock sound to it. And so I think we're very intrigued and excited to see how that goes. Huh?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess... If I was going to work on something with her, I'd definitely want to try to push her more into that, into like a rock zone, and see just kind of like, I, I would definitely want to push her into a place that she thinks is like too much, and then <laughs> just to see what too much, just to see what too much kind of sounds like, and get a and, get, and really just feel what too much feels like, and then she could decide if she wanted to walk that back at all or or go for it.
0: That makes sense. Um, now I know that for a while you guys did a cover of We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together in your set list, which was really cool. And I wondered if you happened to see any videos or anything of the rock version that she did on the 1989
2: tour. No. No, I didn't.
0: I think you'd really like it. You should check it out. Oh,
1: man. Yeah, it was great. She she rocked it up?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had electric guitar and like a whole like, crazy backdrop, and it was the rockiest performance she's ever done, and I think we all loved it.
3: Oh,
2: man. I got to check it out. I had no idea.
0: On Apple Music. Another plug for them. <laughs> yeah. You
3: yeah. can watch the whole
0: tour on there. And if you guys haven't heard that cover of We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, here's a clip of it.
3: How it for a day. I hate you. We break up. You call me. I love you. You called it off again last night. This time I'm telling you, telling you, we are never
0: Yeah, huh. we're very intrigued and I think that, you know, she navigates between genres so well that I'm really excited to see who she writes with and produces with because she's always pushing the envelope like that. So I think she'd be very open to what you said, and I hope you guys get to work together sometime.
4: Okay.
1: Twist my arm. I think the world is ready for Rock Taylor. <laughs> yeah. We gotta get you to lead her into a gym. <laughs>
0: And then you, Taylor, and the Killers can all form a tour
1: together. Oh, nice. That would be great. <laughs> Trifecta, right.
2: <laughs> yeah, that'd be insane.
1: So, um, you know, obviously this is a, a fan-based podcast. Uh, everyone who listens is a big fan of Taylor. We love to hear fan stories. Um, what is possibly the greatest or the craziest thing one of your fans has ever done for you? What What would that be?
2: Oh, man. Gosh. Uh, let's see. I think probably, probably, uh, our, our our I could say our world's most dedicated fan is a is a is a woman who lives in Japan, and she just kind of shows up at, at gigs all over the world.
1: Wow! Wow! No kidding. What like front row? You just see her like <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. That's crazy. It's like, <laughs> like we're That's
3: awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm doing. Yeah, this is—it's it's
4: it's kind of mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. And have you ever gotten to meet her? Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, she's
2: she's 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 not crazy. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, good. <laughs> I know you th- <laughs> I know what you're thinking. She's not crazy. Just very dedicated.
0: We always hope that that the artists that we love don't think we're crazy for going to as many shows as we do because I think that's like the (laughs) ultimate compliment really is when fans feel that much of a connection to the music that they want to experience it as much as possible and they're willing to travel to do it. I think that's when you know that your music is actually reaching people.
2: Yeah. And I think like every, any musician who really loves what they're doing, I think understands exactly what it feels like to be fanatical about music. I mean, if you don't, then you should just stop. Yeah. Because, and I think like that's, it's not, while it's sort of odd that I think, you know, like every musician is really just, the coolest musician you can possibly think of is a nerd, is, is <laughs> like deep down inside a, a, a shy, low self-opinion, like, you know, nerd. That's, that's all of us for sure. You know, and I think like, it's really, it's just a really odd thing to think of, you know, that someone else with, that, that the fanaticism toward music that, that you have, that someone else would feel that about what you're doing. Like it's just kind of a, it's a, sort of a, it's sort of a weird, uh, it's sort of a, it sort of causes a disconnect in, and I think you're, you're, low self-worth nerds perception <laughs> that that somebody else would really be into what you're doing so i think like you know i'm i'm, I'm getting better at that sort of thing in, in my advanced age of you know being able to accept compliments but i think it's it, for a lot of us it's 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 an odd thing that is kind of a a disbelief moment really
1: so jim we have some rapid fire questions for you what do you think uh, are you are you down for that bring it all right <laughs> excellent
2: was that the first one? Was that, thought, was that,
1: <laughs> that was the first question. Yeah, yeah. was you, that the first yes. <laughs> Yeah, just like one or two words, you know, a quick answer, nothing. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. So okay, all right, ready? Yes. Number one, favorite ice cream flavor:
2: chocolate chip cookie dough.
1: Nice. Oh, I do. Excellent. Okay. Uh, favorite song or band? Uh, uh that's really hard. That's really, I gotta go. <laughs> I just gotta be quick
2: about it, right? I can't overthink it.
0: You can overthink it a mm-hmm. little.
2: First thing that comes to mind? Favorite? Song, I would say, uh, oh man, uh, maybe give me a sweetheart. Everly
1: Brothers. Oh, cool. Uh, greatest high school moment? Graduating. Nice. Dogs or cats? Uh, probably cats. Hmm. What was the first concert that you have ever attended? Uh, Paul Simon.
3: Oh, what? Cool.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
3: Wow.
2: My dad took me to see Paul Simon uh, play solo acoustic. Like, I think it was before Graceland came out. And uh, this isn't exactly rapid fire, but. That's
1: okay. This one's really cool.
2: He really wanted to go and he had two tickets. I don't think my mom wanted to go, so he took me. I was probably like seven or eight.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Uh, favorite superhero? <sighs> the Tick. the tick Uh, your greatest fear my
2: greatest fear oh man pickles
3: I too (laughs) yep Ashley too that is so funny you say that
0: we would be best friends I hate them so much they're the worst
2: I hate pickles I hate pickles
3: (laughs) (laughs) I love that
1: if you could be any animal Which animal would you choose? Oh, I'd be some, I
2: don't know. I'd be definitely something that can fly. Yeah.
3: Just
2: cruise around, flying. (laughs) Being stoked because I'm flying. (laughs) Uh,
1: Name one guilty pleasure that you have.
2: Chocolate chip cookie dough. Nice, yep. (laughs) Guilty.
1: Of any artist in history, who would you choose to collaborate with? You can choose anybody. Oh man,
2: that's really hard. <laughs> I think, oh uh, man, I don't know. I think it, it'd be it'd be totally different and totally out there. But I think uh, maybe like Bjork would be somebody that'd be cool. You know, very cool. I'd pick someone I try to learn from, you know. Like what? What are they about? You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Name one hidden talent that you have that nobody knows about.
2: Oh, uh, uh, I can juggle. Oh, cool. <laughs> ah,
1: that's
2: cool. Nothing complex, not, not like chainsaws and and mm-hmm. uh, and stuff, but <laughs> you know.
1: Uh, what is your favorite movie? Oh,
2: these are actually really hard. Co- these aren't rapid fire questions. These are <laughs> tough. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: These are questions that you think would be easy, and then when you're asked, your mind draws a blank.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like if you said name a movie, then I'd probably name my favorite movie. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Starship Troopers.
1: Oh, cool. Um, if you were a teacher, uh, what subject would you teach?
2: I, you know, I'm kind of only qualified to talk about music, so maybe, I don't know. Nice. Mm-hmm. Some sort of musical thing. <laughs> some musical <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sign up for musical thing. I like that. <laughs> yeah, right right
0: <laughs> what would your career be if you weren't a musician?
2: Uh, you know, I was on the road to doing journalism actually before oh. this ve- this whole this whole thing veered off. So I'd probably be in journalism.
1: Very cool. All right, last one. this one's a big one. You have to answer this correctly <laughs> correctly <laughs> 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 If Taylor asked you to name her third cat. What would you name
2: it? Rufus. Nice. Rufus. <laughs> Rufus. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> I like that.
2: It's kind of it sounds sort of like a regal cat
1: name. It is. That's what she likes, so.
0: I think Rufus <laughs> would get along with Meredith and Olivia. <laughs> At least name-wise. They probably would hate each other, but Um, Jim, thank you so much. Is there anything that you want to plug for our listeners or let people know where they can find you?
2: Um, I'm on the internet somewhere. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can cruise around I'll be there I'll be hanging um, no just thanks a lot it's, it's really nice talking to you guys
0: thanks so much this was awesome
1: yeah thanks Jim we really appreciate it thank you Thanks. so that was a great interview that we had from Jim thank you so so much for, for doing that Jim you were very generous with your time we very much love that
0: that was the most fun I think I've ever had doing an interview with someone
1: You know, I'd have to agree. I mean, Jim, I mean, he's just a very easy guy to talk to. Everything just flowed really naturally. He's, Yeah, really.
0: I think he should do a podcast of his own where he just tells his stories because I feel like he has so so much (laughs) to share from such a long career that people would love to hear it.
1: Life of Jim.
0: And obviously, of course, we're going to make sure that they get on that tour with the Killers.
3: Absolutely.
0: And he and Taylor get into the studio working on something immediately.
1: You know, a couple of things in that interview that I thought were really fascinating. One, when he mentioned that he wants to work with an artist uh, that is just someone he can learn from. I thought that was really cool. That was really noble. I thought there were a lot of quotes that he gave, like we can just quote him and then use that elsewhere. I mean, just a lot of great life advice that he had in that thing to, to say that You know, he wanted to work with someone just exclusively who he can learn from. I think that's really cool as an individual, as an artist, you know, whoever any any everybody should aspire to, you know, surround themselves with people who they can learn from. I think that's really cool.
3: Yeah, I think Taylor has the same philosophy, especially when she decided to start collaborating with people. She said it was because she wanted to learn from other techniques
4: Yeah, and he's been around the music industry for 23 years, so he obviously has tons and tons of knowledge. But like Nate said, it's still cool that even at this point in his career, he still wants to learn more. He still wants to do more. And I think in his upcoming music, he'll certainly do that.
3: And,
0: you know, I think that's sort of what I was trying to get at when I was asking how their songwriting and their voice has changed over eight years. And what I really meant by that was, is you can tell when an artist is really putting in the work to consistently put out great music. Like, I've listened to all of their albums since they started, and it never gets stale. It never feels like they're just doing the same song over and over. They have so many interesting messages to share and different musical styles of some of their songs. And I think that putting in that work and learning and always trying to learn like he said is what really gives an artist the ability to last for as long as they have and hopefully well beyond that
4: yeah i did have the chance to see jimmy Eat world in concert one time and it was way back 11 years ago in 2005 they were opening for green day on green day's american idiot tour and it being 11 years ago i don't have a great memory of it but Like all of us, I knew of the middle and sweetness. And I remember that as an opener, they were really great because sometimes, you know, you go to concerts to see the main act and the openers don't always live up to expectations. But they certainly did. So I hope to get out and see them again sometime soon.
0: And I think we all have to take a moment to acknowledge the most profound and inspiring thing that Jim said in the interview, which was. How much he is afraid of pickles.
1: <laughs> Just like you.
0: Just like me. I thought I was the only one. It's nice to know you're not alone.
1: And for anybody who doesn't know Ashley personally, she has such a distaste for pickles.
0: Distaste is putting it lightly, honestly.
1: <laughs> like vile, deep-seated hatred for pickles. It's like a very <laughs> deep-seated hatred. <laughs> They can't be near uh, me.
0: They can't be at my table. I can't associate with them in any way.
1: Well, thanks again to Jim uh, for doing this interview. This is great. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the, on the show. And if you guys want to find out anything about Jim, uh, there are a few ways you can reach him. Of course, any type of social media. Uh, but his website is jimmyeatworld.com. And the band's Facebook page is facebook.com slash jimmyeatworld. And their Twitter is twitter.com slash jimmyeatworld. You can tweet them. You can Facebook message them. Tell them how much you enjoyed the episode. Um, That would be awesome. Just a few reminders for you guys uh, as far as our podcast goes please press the subscribe button on iTunes, and it will download the latest episode for you automatically each week. Um, and if you would, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, it really helps other people find the show. And, of course, you know we just love hearing from you. So if you guys do want to reach out to us directly, uh, you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com swiftcast13. You can find us on Tumblr at swiftcast13.tumblr.com. Our Instagram is instagram.com theswiftcast13. Our Facebook is facebook dot com slash the swiftcast. You can email us at the swiftcast thirteen at gmail dot com, or you can find all of these things on swiftcast thirteen dot com.
0: And we also wanted to let you guys know that we, I guess, not that recently, but we haven't really plugged it, started a YouTube account where we've been posting audio, full episode audio of all of our episodes. That's right. And we don't have a direct channel set up yet, but if you go on YouTube and you type in SwiftCast, our episodes will come right up. And we would love it if you would subscribe to us because once we reach 100 subscribers, then we can actually go ahead and claim the channel that we want so we have an official SwiftCast channel. So that would be awesome. And finally, I wanted to give a shout out to someone who left us an iTunes review just a couple of days ago. We very much appreciate it. This person didn't put their name, so get in contact with us. If this was you, we'd love to say hi and get to know you. But their username is expensive to play. And on May 4th, they wrote on iTunes, This is the best podcast I listen to. I love hearing about Taylor Swift from other people. Definitely subscribe. I'm always excited for every episode to come out. Thank you so much for saying that. That's really great to hear. We appreciate it. And like we said earlier, Leaving us these reviews makes it easier for other people to find us on iTunes.
1: Oh, well, guys, for episode 154, this has been Nate,
0: Ashley, Steph,
1: and Adam. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Thanks. See ya.
3: If you man,